Hi, I'm Reagan, and thanks for listening to my dad's podcast, Lasting Learning. Hi, this is Dave Schmidow, the host of the Lasting Learning Podcast. On this show, we talk to real people with real stories. We focus on the focus and discuss what matters most. Let's go. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. This week, we have an absolutely incredible guest joining us. Before I even start talking to her, I just got to say, she is probably the most humble guest I have ever had on this show because she doesn't want me to believe that she is amazing, but I'm, t- I'm here to tell you she is incredible. We've got a woman joining us, uh, started off as a girl from Buffalo, moved herself down south. She's a former AP on the run. Now she's the Southernish principal. She is a middle school principal that is absolutely killing it doing some amazing things. Today, we have the one, the only, Dr. Kyle Nix joining us. Kyle, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy day to be here with all of us. Thank you for having me, and you've got me blushing because <laughs> you're so nice about me, so thank you. Well, it's it's all true, and if, if people knew what was happening prior to us hitting record, like literally you came running in, averting crisis after crisis, dealing with all of the things. And yet you're just sitting here, cool, calm, collected, and smiling. Like <laughs> nothing's going on. This is just another day in my life and you're managing through it. So it's well, so awesome. <laughs> there you go, for sure. Uh, Kyle, there might be some people out there that don't know anything about you other than they heard me say that you're a principal, that you started in Buffalo, that you're now down south, all of those things. Can you just take us on that journey real quick before we dive into who you are today? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. I'm from Hamburg, if you're familiar with the area. Um, and I you know, went to all of my schooling there, K-12. I went to college in Geneseo, New York, which is between Buffalo and Rochester. Um, when I graduated from high school, like the day after I graduated, my parents moved to Nashville, Tennessee. So I stayed up there for college while they were down here in the South. Um, and so I got my degree there and decided to move south closer to them. And that meant moving to Georgia. So I got my um, master's at the University of Georgia, which took me from like 14 hours away from them to six. So that was a lot better. Um, and I taught in Georgia for four years at a middle school in sixth and seventh grade. And I met my husband there. And then we just had to decide, you know, where we wanted to put our roots down. And so we moved to Nashville. So I've been here for, I guess it's like 12 years at this point, I think. Um, And I know I've been in the South for 17 years. So I think it's 12 here. Yeah, five plus, yep, 12. Um, And so, yeah, I taught 11 years. I was at a high school for 11 years here, same school. And I just came to this middle school to be principal. So it's been quite the journey. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. And we're going to dive into the, the educational experience and going from high school to middle school, or actually middle school to high school, back to middle school, all of that. 
in a second, but I, I want to dive into some of this other stuff you talked about. Uh, let, let's first talk about Buffalo and the fact that your parents waited until the day after you graduated to leave. I don't know if that's just amazing parenting or if you need to be extremely bitter that they were willing to move to Nashville and they waited until you finished high school to say, okay, we're out of here now. Like, do you look at them and say, we could have left sooner. Why'd you make me stay? Or are you grateful that they let you stay? So, okay. Let me explain the situation. <laughs> um, I, I've been to Buffalo. I'm just saying it, it's, it's pretty two months out of the year, uh, but <laughs> it is actually, it's become like this awesome city since I've left. Maybe it was me. Um, but no, so my mom's job moved down here to Nashville and she found out, I guess it was like December or January that she found out. And my husband or my husband, my dad, moved down here and he lived here while we lived in Buffalo and my parents wanted us to stay up there just to finish out the year. So I'm the oldest. My brother and sister are two and five years younger than me. So that, you know, we all had to finish school and then they moved down here. And I'll be honest, at the time I was, my parents told me I had to go to a state school. So my, I was angry because I couldn't, <laughs> I wanted to go to like some other school outside of Buffalo um, or outside of New York and they had said no and then they were leaving me and I was like it's not even a state school anymore um, but I I didn't want to move to Nashville because my life was there and at the time I mean I thought of Nashville as this like country bumpkin town um, and I say that but if you know anything about Buffalo and Hamburg I mean we're as country as you get pretty much um, but and they don't so, say things like country bumpkin in Buffalo. Don't, don't. <laughs> um, but I, the first time we came down here, my parents lived in, they live in Franklin. Mm -hmm. And if you've been to this area and been to Franklin, it's like so up and coming. There's a ton of stuff there. But when we first came down here, there was nothing. Um, we drove down one of the main streets that has probably every store you can think of now. And there were just street lights. And so that to me was like, oh, we're in the country. I'm good with staying in New York. Um, but then I learned as I was there that this is really the place to be because I, I remember distinctly my junior year walking home to where I lived from campus. And there were like four feet of snow. And that's like, that's normal for where I was from. And I, my pants were wet, you know, because when you live in a snowy area, your pants get wet and you get these salt lines. And I remember my parents calling me and telling me they were off of school and it was 40 degrees and sunny in Nashville. And I was like, you're kidding me. It's, you know, freezing here and I'm not off of school. And so that was kind of the point where I was like, well, maybe I want to live in the South. <laughs> So yeah, I wasn't mad at them ever. Um, really, them moving gave me the opportunity to move here because I think if they wouldn't have moved, I wouldn't have left there. So you're a mom now with two young kids. Do you ever see yourself moving back north and transplanting your family? No, definitely no. Okay. not. Um, and not because I don't love the North, because there's so much about Buffalo I do love. And really, we went back a couple years ago. I ran a marathon there, um, and I kind of got to see the city in a different light as an adult. And it's it's really transformed. It's amazing. Um, but my husband's from Georgia, and my parents are here. His family is here. I just can't see anything taking me back there. Hold that thought because that's coming back. I, I, I'm already feeling a theme in this in this episode. Just from that answer, I, I feel like I, I have this little journey and a story that's going to come out. I, I could be completely wrong, but now let's take us to Georgia. Okay. When you get a job working in a middle school, 
Was it your desire to work in a middle school or is that just a job you found? No, that was really just a job I found. Um, I wanted to work in high school because mm. I just, I liked that age group when I had student taught. Um, but I fell in love with middle school. I would say my first year in sixth grade, well, your first year as a teacher in general is terrible because it's, you're, you don't even know what teaching is. Uh, that was a really hard year. And I remember thinking these kids are too young for me. Um, but my second year, I just loved them. And then I got an opportunity to move into a gifted classroom, a spectrum or whatever you call it, you know, the higher level kids and get over that program. And so I took that opportunity in seventh grade and I loved them. Um, I cried when I told my principal that I was leaving, but my husband and I were at that point where we wanted to consider having kids and taking, you know, setting up roots. Um, so we did, we made that decision. And when we moved to Nashville, I didn't have a job. My husband did. Um, I just happened upon getting a high school job, but I loved middle school when I was there. It's super interesting. And that wasn't necessarily the answer I thought you were going to give, but it's still, it's interesting to me the the path already in these two events of your life, moving from Buffalo down South and then finding yourself at a middle school. They, neither one was necessarily home, the, the place that you thought you wanted to be, but now you almost can't imagine being anywhere else, which is, yeah. which is super interesting to me. But you did find yourself somewhere else. You found yourself leaving a middle school and working at a high school that truly became this home away from home for you. Uh, made some of your best friends in the world there. Um, transformed who you were as a person and as a professional there but then you left again, but then you left again. I'm curious. Um, first of all, I guess, talk to me about your time at, as, at the high school, both from teacher to administrator, what that was like. Did you feel like you finally made it? That was your calling. That's what you had been trying to do your entire career. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I felt like that. Um, you know, my first year at high school, I had loved middle school, so that was hard, you know, a hard transition. It was almost like being a first-year teacher again. Yeah. Um, and then I started to build some relationships with the kids. And I, when I first started, I uh, helped with student council, and I helped with soccer. And so I became really involved in the school and just continued with that. Um, and I knew I loved it. Um, so I stayed and, and kept going. And then I, I got that itch to get into administration. I'd always wanted to be a superintendent, mm. but where I'm from in Buffalo, it's by town. So the superintendent is over one high school, one middle school and a handful of elementary schools. So I knew I didn't want to do that here because that it's different here. You know, you're over an entire county's worth of schools here, but I've, I've got that itch to be into administration. And so I, was able to be a dean at the school. And when I got that opportunity, I just had this op another opportunity to get into an admin program to get my EDS. And so I took it. And it was kind of like things just started falling into place for me. Um, I, my personal belief is I believe everything happens for a reason. I strongly believe that God had a hand in that. Um, I just felt it, that it was time. So I did it. And I ended up getting an AP job at the school. Um, and I loved it. And you know, I started to get that itch again to, to do something bigger. And so 
I followed it. I followed that. And it wasn't easy leaving there, you know, Laverne, where I was, it, that was my home. Like you said, it was my, it was everything to me. And I was everything, you know, I was a hundred percent a part of it, but, but it was time, you know, I just knew it. It was time. So this is going to be a, a weird question. Maybe you can't even answer it right now, but your first year as a middle school principal, granted it's been in the middle of a pandemic, but I'm curious, what is a harder job being a high school AP or a middle school principal? I think in general, not location, you know, high school or middle school, but I think being a principal is harder than being an AP regardless of location, just because of the extra pressures that are on you. You know, when you're an AP, you've got certain things that you're over, but you don't have all of the weight of the entire school on you. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when I moved into this position, there's so much that's easy for me because of my experience in high school. You know, I have parents all the time that say, how do you go to all of the after school events? Well, the after school events here start at 4.30 and are over at 6. I'm used to at the high school, they start at 6 and are over at 9. So to me, that's super easy to go to everything. Um, but those pressures that are on you where you've got every employee on you, every decision on you, that's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely harder. Yeah, the, the buck stops with you. Exactly. And everybody expects you to either have answers or be willing to listen to their answers all the time. But yet you still have responsibilities outside of work as well. You know, you are, you've, you've got your doctorate in education. So you went to school. It seems like you probably went to school almost your entire career. You're going to school outside of, of work. You're a mom, you're a wife, you are a runner. You do a ton of other things. How do you find the, the balance? How do you find the time? I know that's the cliche question, yeah. But it's always a fascinating question. Like, how do you? You you run marathons. You are raising amazing kids. You are just you're killing life, and you're also super successful in your school. And it seems like nothing is sacrificing. It's just, it's like you're giving your all to all. How is that possible? Um, well, it's not possible. <laughs> uh, there are definitely sacrifices, and you know, Instagram and Twitter and all of that is a highlight reel. So it's showing you the best parts of all of this. Um, I, I struggle with balance for me. You know, some days I'm a great mom, some days I'm a great principal. Um, you know, my family comes first as much as it possibly can. Um, but I will say for me, my school is also my home and, you know, it's my family and my family is it. And so a lot of what I do, it does incorporate the school. You know, I, I'm not, I don't really keep those separate mm. like a lot of people might. So, um, I don't know that there's an easy way to do everything. It's just whatever works in the day, I guess. I don't have any balance. I just, I just go with the flow and figure it out. Well, and maybe that is the balance right there. It's you got to learn to do the two-step on the teeter-totter. Sometimes you got to go back and forth on the surfboard. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you said at times you are a great mom. At times you are a great principal. This is like a, a, a straight up interview question here. So be ready. What is a great principal? What is a great mom? What does that even look like? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I would qualify as great at anything. Um, but I think what I strive for when I'm trying to be a great mom is making sure that I'm with my kids through their experiences and supporting them through everything. And being a great principal is the exact same thing. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that's why I try to combine both of those parts of my life together, because what I'm trying to achieve in both 
and with both it's the same um and so yeah I, I don't know that there's one thing that makes being a principal or a, a mom great but i really feel like it's the same well, that makes see, sense. It, it, makes, <laughs> it makes total sense and i think it's the 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 right answer if there ever it was a right answer you know before we went and we started recording i was telling you how amazing i think you are and you you were downplaying and saying i i am i am just kyle what are you talking about and this is exactly what i'm talking about because i think that is what makes you great you are a great person at being with other people i i and that's what i see in your highlight reels and that's what i see from you as the person is you are amazing at amplifying other people you do life with others you live life for others. And that's, that, that is what principals should be doing. That is what moms should be doing. That's what wives should be doing. That's what dads should be doing. That's what fathers should be doing. That's what all the things should be doing is amplifying others. And, and that's why I wanted to have you on here today to, to amplify you because I want that message out there. Your home is really everywhere because you're all wow. about life with others. And Oh, you, you fire me up. I love this. <laughs> this is well, so thank good. You. I mean, when you say it like that, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm about. I'm about working together and community and, you know, that's, that is me in a hand gel, a nutshell, well, whatever it is. Well, and, and, it, and it goes back to when you talked about your, your childhood. I mean, this, this is probably a testament to your parents as well, who said, we'll do whatever we have to do. We'll make the sacrifices for the kids to make sure that they can be comfortable because our family comes first. And you recognize that you see that now going back, you, you strike me as somebody who is loyal. The fact that you've lived in the South for 17 years, but your Instagram handle is the Southern ish principle. Like you, you still introduce yourself as the, the girl from Buffalo. Like you are all about your roots and yeah. you know that your roots define who you are today. Um, do, do you see similarities with your own kids and who you were as a kid? Do you see them growing up and becoming versions of you? I don't know. Um, honestly, I don't know. I see lots of things in my kids. It, it's funny because sometimes they'll do something and I, I'm like, that's exactly like me. And then yeah. sometimes they'll do something that's exactly like my husband. And sometimes they'll do things that I don't know where they got it from. Um, those are always the worst things, right? They, they definitely <laughs> didn't get it from me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. My kids are great. Um, I don't know. You know, they have a different experience than I had. And so I don't think they'll grow up exactly like I did. Um, but I try to instill the same values in them. And, and I pray that they can be successful with those values. So I, I don't know that that answers your question. Well, it, it does. It does. And, and that was, it's really a, a transition to the, the, the next question I'm going to ask. And I, I don't want people that might work with you that are listening to this thinking I am equating them to your kids. Not my intent at all. It's just the metaphor I'm using. So Kyle did not say you guys are a bunch of kids. She did not. Okay, so know that. But the last school you were at when you were at Laverne, it, it was a school that went through a transformation. It went through some growing pains and some things and some, some systems, some people were transformed in that process to become different than they were at the beginning. You're in a new school right now where you are the transplant in, do you see yourself transforming into them? Do you see them transforming into you? Uh, how does, not to say that your staff is your kids, do you see them as smaller versions of you or how does that dynamic work? Um, I think we are transforming together. 
Okay. Um, where I came to, it, it's a school that had, it, it's an amazing school with an amazing set of students, teachers, community. I mean, if I could have handpicked exactly where I'd be in life, it's here. Um, and, you know, they definitely had some things that needed to change. And I had a lot of support from the teachers that were here. And I feel like we've worked together towards those changes. You know, I've guided them. My policies and procedures have guided them throughout the process, but they've been so much a part of the process too. Um, I mean, it, it's again, that defining thing about me, togetherness. We've really done this together. So I don't think they're little me's and I'm not little them. So we're, we're one together. Um, and that's a, a reason why I love it here is I just feel like we are one. So let me go back to your kids. Would you be happy if we were to fast forward? I'm not even going to do the math. How many years? Let's just say a couple of decades into the future. Would you be happy if your kids were just like you are right now? Would that be a success? Um, you know, I want my kids to be better than me. I want them to learn from me. I want them to learn from my husband. You know, I, I want them to be better because there's so much I can improve on. So, no, I don't want them to be me. I definitely want them to be better versions. So now let's take it back to your school. What is your vision for the school you're in right now? Do you want them to, to transform because of you, with you, in spite of you? What do you want your staff to look like in two years, five years, 10 years? I want them to transform with me. You know, I, I want us to do this together. And I want the same thing for the kids too. You know, I want them to really experience, you know, my school with me and I want to learn from them just as much as I want them to learn from me. So I, I'm all in together. For That's sure. awesome. And I, I, I hope you take this the right way as a former middle school principal right here. I wish I were you when I was a middle school principal. I wish I had that same heart and I'm hoping other leaders that are out there listening to this or other teachers are hearing this because this is, it's spot on. It's your truth. You want to be standing side by side and see this take place. And the trap that I fell into when I took on my first principalship is I thought it was my responsibility to change people. I thought it was my responsibility to make people other versions of me. And I, I worked tirelessly to do so. Whew. When I look back on it now, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But I hear you saying, saying these truths that I know are your truths. It's, it's what you do. And I can't wait to see what happens in the next two, three, five years. Because I, I feel like, although this is who you are right now, who you are will be different, but it's still going to be amazing. And where your school is, it's amazing now. It's going to still be amazing, but it's going to be a completely different version of amazing. And I just, I can't wait to see that transformation take place because of how you're doing what you're doing. You're, you're killing it. <laughs> you're killing it. No, well, you are I try to not, it's not just my school too. I mean, I share a campus with an elementary school and we've got our high school down the street. And I have a lot of elementary schools that feed into mine, but the main one is next to me. And I try to work with him, the principal there every day. I mean, we were on the phone like five or six times today because of our funding situation. Um, but, you know, it's not just my school. My goal is I want the whole community to be one. Mm. Um, I don't know that it'll be that, but that I feel like we could be. Um, so that's, you know, everyone. Together. Yeah, And you, you kind of have to have that 
that eternal optimism, right? You have to have that hope and that belief. Otherwise, there's no need for you. Your yeah. role as the leader is to guide people to what could be. So you've got to maintain that belief constantly. Wow. So love that. So let me ask you, going back to you personally, what goals do you have for yourself? I mean, you, you've done a lot. You talked about running marathons. Um, is there another one? That, have you registered for another one yet? Like what, what, is, what is next on Dr. Kyle Nix's bucket list checklist of success? Um, not running. I actually, after the Buffalo marathon, I just, I stopped running. I mean, intermittent running here and yeah. there, but I don't think I want to do another marathon or anything like that. I am a Pelotoner. Uh, <laughs> I Peloton nonstop. Um, so definitely not the running thing just because it, I got burned out on it. And that's kind of how I am. Like once I'm over something, I'm over it, move on. Um, so Pelotoning. Um, I don't know. I feel like the way that I've always worked is I kind of wait to see what I feel inside is right for me. Right now, I can't imagine anything other than what I'm doing. Um, I know that I don't want to go to a central office position or a position where I'm not around students. I know that um, because that's like my heart. Um, I don't know. I'd love to get into writing and write a book, you know, write something that's worth something other than a dissertation that takes forever. <laughs> um, it doesn't go anywhere. So I'd love to get into writing at some point um, and maybe be a consultant for other teacher or other administrators. I'd love to be a mentor once I finally figure out what I'm doing. Um, I don't know. I think it'll come to me when it's time. And that seems to be the story of your life, doesn't it? Where yeah. it's, mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll follow my heart where my heart takes me. I'll make it home and I will go all in while I can until my heart takes me somewhere else. And you, it's, it's almost like you, you have this belief that something amazing is on the other side, but you're not scripting it. You're not planning it all out because that leads to disappointment if doors close. You will just go through whatever doors open up and make life life. I love that. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes I put on repeat. And when I am out there torturing myself, going for those runs and asking myself, why am I doing this? I'm going to listen to you and feel comfortable stopping and not feeling like I got to do it just because I made a stupid bucket list goal to run so many miles. I'm going to feel free stopping and following my heart and just yeah. smiling through it. So Yay. And get a Peloton because Peloton. And get a Peloton. <laughs> I'm, Anyone I'm listening, get a Peloton. I, I'm surprised that you're not sitting on a Peloton right now as we're doing this. I mean, think about that game. Well, you're probably never even in your office. Well, you're running around as a middle yeah. school principal, so you don't need it there, but that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, I usually do it at 4 a.m. Today, I did not Peloton. I took today off, but usually at 4 a.m. Okay. Oh, um, there are people listening right now that are like, okay, you had me until then. They were saying, <laughs> I wanted to be you until... 4 a.m. That's commitment, but it's also, yeah. it's commitment because you love it. If yeah. you hated doing it, 4 a.m. would not be happening. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so Kyle, as we, as we try to, to transition now, there are a lot of people that are hearing all of these things that you're saying, whether it's leading from the heart, finding your passions, identifying where home really is for you, family first, um, leading with, not in front, like so many amazing nuggets just emerge from our conversation today. But I want you to imagine, you said you, you can see yourself maybe someday writing or consulting. I want you to imagine that you've just written an amazing book and now your publisher comes to you and says, all right, Kyle, I want you to take everything that you just wrote and tell me what goes on the back cover. 
or you're standing on the stage and every, every single person that just listened to this is listening to you again. You got the whole world listening to you this time. Microphone in hand, they're waiting to hear what is that thing? What's the one thing that you want everybody to walk away from your book, your talk, your conversation, your life with? Kyle, what is your mic drop moment right now? No pressure. Uh, uh, no pressure. <laughs> I mean, I think, and I, this has been the theme the whole time. My one thing is always work together. You know, have, have your crew around you, beside you, and, and work with them for success. There is no way, in my opinion, that you can be successful on your own. I think that you have to lean on others when you need it and help others grow when they need it and and then you will find true success so that's going to be my big nugget um, or my truth is you know you've got to do things together that's so important to me um you know i think some people probably laugh at me and they're like no you can be successful on your own you probably can but i just i think you're not going to find that true success unless you're surrounded by others You'll never find the contentment with success yes. unless you're with others. You might, if you might find temporary success alone, but you'll always be chasing the next success. If yeah. you do life with somebody else, you can celebrate their joys. They can celebrate yours. Do it together. I love it, Kyle. And well, if I, you're a leader, I mean, when you are a leader, your goal is to lead others. It's mm -hmm. not just to be successful. Um, and so I think you can't lead others if you're not surrounded by them and learning from them and, you know, growing with them. So, so good. So good. So good. Well, Kyle, if, if people want to continue to learn with you and grow with you and do life with you, how can they connect with you? Okay. So on Instagram, I am at the Southernish principle. Um, and that's kind of like all of the highlight real, real cool things about me. <laughs> Kidding. It's, it, it's fun though. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm at Kyle M. Mix and that's where I, I do daily check-ins on there. Um, it's more school-based. That's more for my community, but you'll get a, a better taste of who I am on a daily basis there. Cause I talk on that one. Um, and then if you want to follow me on Peloton, I'm at Kyle M. Nix there too. And I would love to be Peloton buddies with anyone who wants to follow me. That's awesome. I got to tell you, out of all the guests I've had, you are the first person to ever drop out <laughs> they can connect to you on Peloton. So yay for that. Thank you for being that first. I appreciate it. I mean, it. you can high five on there. It's so <laughs> fun. It, there's nothing like being in the middle of a ride and having a friend high five you. So that's cool. Gotta do it. All right. That might be my, my next investment. If for no other reason so that I can connect in a high five with you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Kyle, you are absolutely incredible. Everything I said at the very beginning of this, you lived up to and then some. You are incredible. You are doing some amazing things to inspire the lives of other people. People that have never heard you before today are inspired and they are changed and they are motivated to go out there and make a difference. So I appreciate you taking time out of your crazy chaos to sit down and just have a conversation with me and to share your message with so many others. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are incredible. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Your support means the world to me. I would love to continue to connect with you. Feel free to reach out to me at Dave Schmidto on all the things. Connect with me online at schmidto.net or 
shoot me an email, david.schmidow at gmail.com.